One of the things that I found when I was working in recruitment and also working in DEI is that a lot of companies didn't know how to truly build relationships and connect with the black community. There was a lot of tokenistic, I guess, advertising or hiring, and there wasn't any true connections being built. Welcome to the British Black Entrepreneur. This podcast exists to promote black businesses in the UK, to educate black entrepreneurs on all things business, and to inspire you on your entrepreneurial journey. Here is your host, Jason Lazarus. Son of Black Create Connect, how are you today? I am tired, but <laughs> I keep it 100%, but I'm, I'm in good spirits. I feel really grateful and I'm happy. Thank you for inviting me on. No, it's a pleasure, honour and a privilege on my part to have you on the show. Looking forward to podcasting with you today and just diving into your business and all about what you do. So firstly, just for our audience, just give them a little background into yourself, what you do, and a little bit about your business would be fantastic. Oh, so quick whistle stop tour my background. I have a background in recruitment. For those that don't understand the recruitment landscape, I've worked agency side, so working with multiple clients at one time. I've worked consultancy side, so working with one client at a time. Some of the clients I've done that with include WPP agencies, Spotify and more. Um, I've also worked in-house managing recruitment teams and diversity, equity and inclusion partnerships for again, big agencies and for companies such as Depot. I, I'm also the founder of my own company, Black Create Connect, which basically connects black professionals to employers through content, through our community, through our podcast as well, events and so forth. I'm also a full-time diversity, equity and inclusion consultant. Um, and I also do a lot of, I guess, talks, workshops with various clients. The list kind of stops there, hopefully, but hopefully that gives you like a quick background. And- no, that's phenomenal. That's really really, really good. And I can't wait to dive into more about your company, about what you do. Could you explain to me how Black Create Connect connects Black talent with employers and fosters diversity in the workplace? Sure. So talking about the connecting piece, one of the things that I found when I was working in recruitment and also working in DEI is that a lot of companies didn't know how to truly build relationships and connect with the Black community. There was a lot of tokenistic, I guess, advertising or hiring, and there wasn't any true connections being built. So what we do that's slightly different is, first of all, let's start with the podcast, right? A podcast is a great way to connect with the Black community because we're consistently having conversations. If an employer comes on there, they're able to kind of share what it's like to work for them, how they look after Black employees. They're able to more connect with them through content. That's one of the ways. Another way is we actually advertise jobs through content creators. So when I used to look after DEI partnerships, a lot of the partnerships had job boards. So we have a job board as well, but that's not the most effective way to reach candidates black candidates anyway you need to go to where they are so we actually reach them through content creators that they already follow and engage with which is another way that we connect them and we also do it through I guess our community so we will share job opportunities and then also events and networking opportunities as well so we consistently have events where the community can kind of come into offices where employees are meet with some of the hiring managers ask all the questions you want to ask really get in deep so for example one of our events with Depop this year we had a panel discussion but actually after the panel discussion we broke out into breakout rooms where people could ask deeper questions more bespoke questions to each hiring manager and then they were able to build up their own connection build their own relationship so that if there was something 
that comes up in future, they don't always have to go through Black Create Connect, but they've built up a relationship via us that is more sustainable. So that's one of those are come kind of the main ways that we connect employers to, to black talent. Yeah, that's phenomenal. And you mentioned their content creation and content creators. So why do you think content creation mm-hmm. and having content creators is sort of the, would you say that's the future of, ad, of advertising for black people? Do you think it's really useful um, for them to get jobs and gain employment? 100%, 110%. I think if there's companies that are not thinking about advertising through content creators, they're going to get left behind because at the moment, it's what people are engaging with. There's a time. There was a time and period for everything. So there was a time where bus ads were a thing, and is there still are a thing? They're not completely extinct, but we have to roll, roll with what's current and what's really, really works. So again, once upon a time, TV ads were a thing, but companies are moving a lot of their spend to social ads because they're realizing that that is where most of their traffic is, and they can be a bit more targeted on social. And what I've noticed is that there's a rise in content creators, black content creators, that are giving real advice about careers, how to get into tech, how to get into creative industry. So they're becoming trusted voices. So typically, if they're becoming a trusted voice and a trusted opinion, they're advocating for a company, then that's going to be more likely a stronger referral than just putting a job ad on a job board. Also, when you think about wanting to reach diverse pools in general, you don't want to always go for candidates that are actively looking. The best candidates are always slightly open, they're passive, and they're not going to be looking on job boards. So to actually reach them, you need to interject and come in front of them as to you know as to where they are active on social. So I definitely think it's the future of kind of how jobs will be advertised. And mark my words, you're going to see more more, more, more companies investing in that way of advertising. That's phenomenal. Why do you think it's important for companies to actively seek out and hire black talent in their workplaces and for black people to be part of their workforce? How much time do you have? We have a long, we have, I mean, that's a a massive, massive, massive question. And I'm going to break it down into many different segments. So let's talk about the, the business case, first of all. Everyone knows that, the business case for DEI and for having more diverse teams has been proven over and over again. You don't need to have that conversation longer than a minute. We know that companies that are more culturally and ethnically diverse in particular are 36% more profitable. That's the first thing. But I don't like to stick on to the business case thing because that's it should be a given that everyone should have access to opportunities. Now, where there's been a problem historically is that black professionals have been seen as less capable than other professionals in when it comes to the workplace they they've literally been held back because from education from days when your teachers are telling you this is what you can amount to and this is what you're not capable of so you have having barriers potentially in university so then you have an employment barriers just getting your foot into the door and it taking maybe it might take jane for it hypothetically speaking six months to get into a job after uni it might take a black professional two years that's of that that means you're two years behind potentially and then when you're in the job again jane she might be promoted after a year you might be waiting five years again you're behind so the reason why companies need to actually actively go out and hire back talent is because the opportunity for us has been limited historically if we look at our leadership teams now and our even our mid-level management teams they're not ethnically diverse there isn't a lot of black representation it's across board across all industries so we need to open doors and accelerate back talent so they are able to actually get into leadership positions that's the key thing if there's not enough black talent in leadership positions then it's pretty pointless just focusing just on in getting in interns, getting in apprentice apprentice or grads, because you have impact when you're at the top. You're able to make crucial decisions on policies, procedures, benefits, where money is spent. And then furthermore as well, I mean, depending on the, the your organisation, but a lot of the companies that I would work with that are in like media, creative and tech, a lot of their consumers are, are largely going to be black consumers as well. And if you don't, if you have non-black voices and non-black perspectives feeding into products and services, so for example, AI, 
guy, right, the other day, I was talking to Alexa, and there's certain things Alexa doesn't know, because Alexa's been, it's true, like, this is really basic, and sometimes I was like, why can't Alexa have a voice that I can really vibe with, you know, why can't she talk like me, it's because of who, who actually fed the information into Alexa to make her who she is, it's not a bad thing, it's a great start, but all these different things affect our different touch points in society, if there's not the right people feeding into, you know, different areas, and outside of Alexa, there's other things such as, like, with healthcare, there's certain machines that don't pick up cancer in darker skin right which and these machines are actively out there in the world which means that there's a lot of misdiagnosis going around for black individuals which can cost them their life so that's another example there's so many to kind of draw from but even there's not to go into to i guess just being black but also if we go a bit further and look into intersectionality and look at okay black what black women the barriers black women have to go through or if you're black and disabled or black and neurodiverse those are so many more barriers that we have to kind of go through so I mean, I've kind of completely gone off with your question, but it's important for employers to understand that the barriers that are in place and open these doors and create an environment where we can actually have an equitable experience where we're, we're given opportunities to thrive in our career. So that's a blanket answer. I hope that, I hope that answers your it question. It definitely did. Fantastic. Really good to see you. I'm really enjoying this. I'm learning lots too, even from listening to your responses. So this is phenomenal. Now, what advice do you have for black job seekers looking to navigate the job market? and stand out to potential employers? It's a good question, you know. Get asked this quite a lot. I think people need to not rely on applications online. Some people might get lucky and get a job from an application online but that's a longer route I think you should hone in on your current contacts whoever they are your current contacts don't need to be the CEO or the hiring manager or head of HR they can just be someone that trusts you enough to introduce you to someone in their organization for a conversation that's the first thing so look at who is around you even actually before you look look on who's around you identify within yourself what is it you want to do unfortunately I've had a lot of conversations like one-to-one chats with um, black professionals because they always say oh yeah I want help help me find something else but then when I get into the depths of a conversation they don't know what they want to do and I can't help you that's not my job or anyone else's job to find out what you want to do that's your job yes you might have conversations with me and feel inspired to do something that's that's completely fine and if that's the conversation you want to have then have that and say I just want to have a conversation to understand what you do to see if it inspires me or see if I get any ideas that's fine so you need to understand okay what position are you are you someone that definitely knows what you want to do and definitely knows why you want to get into what you want to do are you someone that's trying to figure it out are you someone that's trying to do a career pivot there's so many different approaches to break it down if you if you know a 100% what you want to do and you're still not finding any luck connect with people that are within the same job role as you and ask them if you can have a conversation about their journey and any advice that they'll give to your approach there's going to be someone that will speak to you personalize your messages but do not have crazy high expectations. Just just reach out to people. Some will get back, some won't. It's not personal, it's because of time. Do that, that's number one. Number two, get out to events. I've, I've built most of my relationships from online communities and networks and also in-person events. As a matter of fact, I've never applied for a job online and got it ever in my career. All of my jobs have come through referrals, someone meeting me and speaking to me, um, or a LinkedIn messages speaking to someone on LinkedIn. Never got a job from application. In fact, there was one job I applied for and I got declined, but I had a referral and I managed to get that. So that tells you the, the power of people talking and advocating for your on your behalf. So for people to advocate for you, they need to see that you're, like for me, if, I, if I'm going to advocate for someone and, and introduce 
introduce them, I need to see your commitment. I need to see that you've really done the work on your end. And a massive thing that can help you stand out, people say it all the time, but personal branding. You do not need to have a qualification. You don't need to have years of experience. You don't need to have anything for personal branding. Personal branding is personal and you grow with your personal brand. So wherever my personal brand was two years ago, it's going to be in a different place than it is today. And I'm expecting it to be in a different place next year and the year after. People admire that authentic growth. But you see with a personal brand, when you're out there, companies will gravitate towards it, respect it, because you're making the effort to have conversations or share insights or knowledge or share your own experiences surrounding whatever job it is that you're trying to do. So at least if you approach me and then I go and check you out on LinkedIn or look at your personal website or look at a podcast you've done, I'd be like, actually, there's some consistency here that actually they've actually wanted to be in this or talk about this. That will give me confidence to do an introduction because you have back in there. So your personal brand is so important. Build upon that. Then leverage on your connections as well and make sure you get out there, meet different people. Those are the key things initially to get your foot into the door. The interview process is a, is a whole nother game, but that's initially to get noticed. Brilliant. Outstanding. And just speaking on personal brand and making connections and going to events and things of that nature, you have a podcast and obviously you've made connections. How did the podcast come about? And what would you say the ultimate goal or purpose of your platform is for people? Yeah. So I think with my podcast, if I'm being totally honest, I was meeting so many incredible black leaders and entrepreneurs. And I'm someone that I can meet you, have a dope conversation, whether it's at an event or you might have drinks or dinner. And that's it. And I'm I'm like no this conversation should have been recorded it was so good like there were so many gems that were dropped there was so so much information and a lot of the time some of the people I was meeting because of how busy our schedules are I'm probably not going to see you for another year really and truly like you know unless we bump into each other at an event but schedules are really really crazy so I thought to myself what is a way that I can have this converse have these conversations there for life in a way that's gonna inspire educate and also open up I guess our journeys and experiences to the world of people that don't understand them. I also thought about how can I contribute to black history? Because that is black British history, in fact, because that is important. We, when we look back at our black British history, it's very light. Like we, we see, we know different people that were game changers. And like when I research black change makers in history a lot of the things was always fighting for race fighting for race and or someone that had gone through slave you know fought slavery but there wasn't any like stories of like great 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 success that was recorded like it's like our black British, British history it probably exists but it's really difficult to find so I thought we need to make it accessible I need to make sure in a hundred years time and I'm not here there can be black our black generation can look back and say XYZ person done this and they had something similar to me and I, I know I can get through that situation because of this, right? So that's that's an, another big reason for it. And of course, it's another avenue for employers to connect and reach black professionals. If they if an employer creates a podcast, it's unlikely black professionals are going to really listen to it. Unlikely, they might. But because I'm a black platform, it's easier for them to tap in to my market and network through the podcast. So it's a great monetizing strategy, great branding strategy as well. And it actually has some substance to it so that was my logic behind creating a podcast in itself and outside of things I think my ultimate decision was I love having these conversations like if no one else listens this conversation has been amazing and I'm inspired by every single conversation I'm not just saying that like it keeps me going because things can get so hard and so lonely on this entrepreneurial journey so when you consistently have that network of people around you sharing their stories you just know you're not alone yeah that's brilliant love that and I resonate a lot with what you said in terms of you know being a podcaster myself so really good just pivoting back now to you know 
what you do for Black Create Connect. What strategies or initiatives are effective in addressing and combating racial discrimination within organisations and fostering a more kind of inclusive workplace? So what strategies am I doing or what would I recommend to companies? What would you recommend to companies? I think companies need to invest in their black employees. Like there's a lot of talk about them wanting to, we don't know what to do, what should we do? Black Lives Matter and all the rest of it. But are you investing in your black employees? And when I say investing, when if there's an accelerator program that you can potentially do, are you paying for them to go on the accelerator program? And for those that don't know what an accelerator program can do, I've led out in quite a few for women, in particular in organisations. And what they do is give you the tools and skills that you need to accelerate within your career to get into a leadership position. So some of the things that that accelerator course might cover is personal branding, is how to network, engaging with mentors and sponsors, how to sell yourself and telling your story, how to be decisive, you know, different things that will contribute towards you being a stronger leader. Those are the things. Now, naturally, a lot of white males have acquired these skills from their networks and from their experiences and because black individuals are usually alone in the workplace or there's a, there's a small amount of them they may not have the level of confidence to even activate the inner you know decision maker or the inner storyteller or the inner person that you know needs to talk about themselves a lot so for example in one of the one of the accelerator programs that I run I tell women you need to talk about what you've done outside of performance reviews because often you wait for a review and then you say oh I've done this talk about what you've done uninvited that is how people know what you're doing that's what I've learned actually brings in opportunities externally and internally you need to just say by the way I've done this by the way I've brought in this right if you don't talk about it no one's going to know so I think it's important for companies to invest in their employees in that sense, in the accelerator sense, so they can actually have someone helping them to, you know, to look after them. They need to have sponsors. They, they need to have, and not, again, not a program of, oh, we're going to assign this person to this person. If you are a senior leader, look out for a black employee and sponsor them. What does sponsorship mean? It means physically opening the door, inviting them into the room, asking them to take over that project, asking them to actually meet with that client, getting them to do things that's going to physically develop, develop them. Those are some of the things that organisations also need to do it's great to hold safe spaces but don't limit the budget on what on what those safe spaces can do because like people tell me all the time well, we've got ergs but the company's not giving us any money to do anything and it's limited try i understand that there has to be a budget because it's, you know it's commercial but don't limit it to a point where they can't celebrate themselves or they can't go to events or they can't do cultural things you know so don't don't just do that also don't limit black activities just to black history month keep it throughout the year embed it throughout the culture and those are some of the things that you can be doing and also identify that black professionals probably need more than just um, potentially a one-to-one every month they might ask them but they might need not not even an additional sponsor but people to just have their back active allies so in a workplace teach employees about what allyship looks like what that means how you can actively be an ally those things if I'm in a workplace and I notice that people have my back they support me they show up for me I'm gonna feel confident I'm not gonna have this imposter syndrome that a lot of us face I'm gonna feel like I can show up as my best self and when companies realize that they're in enabling an environment for black professionals to show up as their best selves they get the best version of them which means they they get the best result that they need for their business as well and that has a knock-on effect with with motivation employee engagement and how how a company is high performing so those are some of the key things i would say in regards to what we do first and foremost before a company partners up with us especially for next year and going on we have to audit them slightly not a deep dive audit but we need to talk, talk to some of your black employees we need to know what's really what's really good like what's everyone's saying about you before 
before we advocate for you as an employer. We need to understand who you have a leadership team, why your black employees have left. So these are things that companies should do anyway. Understand how black employees perceive your organisation. If you don't understand, you're not going to know what to change. And it's important to understand how black candidates perceive you as an employer as well. What's the word on the street? What, what are people saying about you? Because if you don't understand what that is, then all of your efforts, all your tokenistic efforts, they're going to go, they're going to be wasted. And then you're going to turn around and say, I'm not getting any applications come through, Alicia. It's because your employer branding is absolutely, you know, it's not appealing. So again, look at your employer branding, understand how you're perceived by external black candidates, your internal community. Also run, I guess, coaching sessions as well. So the coaching sessions are for leaders that don't know how to best manage, believe it or not, black employees. There's some leaders in organisations that just don't know, have had confidential conversations with me and said, Alicia, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And it takes coaching. At first I was thinking, how can you not know how to talk to a black person? This is crazy. There's a lot of white employees, white leaders that have only encountered black people in the workplace. They've lived, believe it or not, in a completely different place. They've lived, you know, they've grown up, gone to all white schools, been with their family in their surroundings. So as much as it sounds ignorant, they don't know how to build genuine relationships with black employees. So it's that coaching as well, working on that side too. Hopefully that gives you like a nice breadth of things to do and how we help and everything. No, it certainly does. And I think some of the things that you're doing and obviously in helping employees help and working with companies is phenomenal and really will benefit lots of black employees trying to get into the workplace. So no, this is good stuff, really helpful. Just before we kind of wrap up, I want to ask you a little bit about failure, challenges. Have you experienced a failure in your business or some challenges? And how have you been able to, how did you rather overcome a particular failure? failure or challenge within your business even now I'm terrible with my with my emails like you know it's something I'm, I'm trying to overcome the thing is about business that people don't realize is that you need money to run it so and people say money for like what what for some people might say that just the simple employer resources because if I run out of time but things still need to get done someone needs to do it I can't do everything and also I've had to learn that I'm not an expert in everything there's certain areas that I'm just not great at I'm that's not my strong areas so it's about understanding and learning that along the way that Alicia this isn't your thing you need to delegate this to somebody else for them to do and for them to you know, for them to take responsibility over. So I say one of my, some of my key failures, I would say, is just burning out, burning myself out, doing things, doing way too much, and then doing activities that didn't really matter. Like I used to care about clearing my inbox, and that doesn't matter to me anymore right now. I, I, what I do care about is just what is, what needs to get done day by day and taking one day at a time. At one point, I was completely neglecting myself, and sometimes I slip into lack of self care, and I've had to find that balance. So whether it every Sunday I'll go to the spa, once a month I get a massage. You need to realign yourself and make sure that you yourself is able to run the business otherwise it was going to consistently fail and you need to have a clear mind so you can reflect and think oh that actually went well that can be improved if you don't have that reflection time then you're going to keep running like in circles and making the same mistakes over and over again luckily I haven't made any mistakes with people that have joined the team I've had a really really great run with my team everyone's just been thank listen I'm, I'm a praying woman so whenever I make any big decision I pray before and that is people in the team I pray about it and I think okay I say okay this is fine so everyone's been really really helpful so far I've got an incredible team also I've had to, I've had to pivot how the business makes money when I first created them um, job board I thought yep gonna be a millionaire job boards make money. no no I'm being honest and build your credibility amongst employers as to why you should even be a job board in the first place and then because I had a low budget for my website and my job boards 
there was a lot of technical difficulties. So I would take, I remember there was like a week where about six clients had problems with uploading jobs, seeing stuff. And I was literally, I was literally, I think I cried because I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening? I've worked so hard to get these clients to come and use my job boards and it's not working. And now they're going to think I'm just chatting rubbish and I'm not going to look credible. So that in itself, I had to then go back to the drawing board and think, okay, is this, I even said to my web developer, I cancelled the job board, I don't want it anymore. And he was like, no, be patient, let me try to fix it, let me look at the bugs. So again, patience, being patient that these things are going to happen and you have to just learn from them because if I just stop there and say cancel it, then what? So it's about being patient, understanding that things are going to go wrong, knowing that it's not the end of the world. I've missed so many meetings by accident. I have, like, I'll be, on, I'll be honest with you because I've double booked myself or been at an event and it's overrun or something. I have to learn for myself that, okay, you can't be doing that. But at the same time, don't beat myself up life happens be honest and say I'm sorry I, I double booked do you know what I mean so it's just about being kinder to my being real with myself and yeah knowing that things take time I hope that gives you again a good answer that was a bit of a chopped up answer but hopefully that gives you something no, that's brilliant gives me everything I need in terms of you know what I was looking for and for your response so thank you so much for your time today and before I let you go and we end the recording in the podcast which I've thoroughly enjoyed would you mind sharing with our listeners kind of your website your social links so if people or if there are uh, black entrepreneurs black people that want job uh, and want to look for employment where they can go to find out more about your wonderful service sure so they can find black create connect so it's spelled in a very simple way black and then create <laughs> and then connect all like no k's no i's no nothing and um, that's the website so .co.uk and all socials where black create connect um, and if you want to connect with me personally on linkedin it's alicia a-l-i-c-i-a richardson and if you want to get a sneak peek into my personality um instagram <laughs> Alicia Latoya LDN. But yeah, connect. And if you want to join the community, just drop us an email at hello at blackcreatconnect.co.uk and then we'll send you the WhatsApp link to join. It's over 700 people in the group. So beware, it's active, but welcome. No, that's phenomenal. Like, make sure in the Instagram, I did have a look actually previously. I was like, it's great. You're having a good time on holiday, you're doing business, you're with people. Good, good stuff. Alicia Richardson of Black Create Connect. Thank you for joining me today on the British Black Ripper. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much.